Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to yet another episode of the First X Minutes podcast. My name is Ruti Medarmala. You find me on Twitter at papi underscore the great. That's P-A-P-I underscore the great. Not as fired up as I'd usually be, right? Well, I'm just chilled, relaxed, just had lunch. So um, basically, I'm just um, excited, low-key excited that we are talking not about European football or Asian football or South or North American football. We're talking about grassroots football in Nigeria on this episode of the podcast. If you have been listening to the episodes of the podcast so far, maybe the 78th episode or the 67th episode, I'd like to say thank you so much for supporting the brand. Please make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Teacher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast episodes from. Well, I'm not alone. I have a guest on this episode of the podcast, and he is... Um, he's a big time grassroots football fan. Um, so much so that he has invested heavily into grassroots football. But we are not breaking tradition. So here's what we do, dear guests, on this episode or on this podcast. Um, you introduce yourself, your name, your Twitter handle, um, the football club you support, and the club that you hate the most, if there's any. Wow. Um, thank you for having me, voting me on the show. Uh, my name is Pascal Agonsi. I'm the founder of Top Season. Uh, Top Season is a football project helping grassroots footballers become professionals. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Top Season. That's T U R F S E A S O N. So you can follow us to see about the great work we're doing with grassroots football in Nigeria. Mm. So, um, I'm sure Pascal wants to dodge the question of the club he supports and the club he hates the most, but I'm not letting him off that easily. So, uh, the club is tough season, tough Tigers. <laughs> so, we have a- <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. I am definitely going to ask. So, tough Tigers, right? Yes, indeed. That's T U R F Tigers. Exactly. Great. Great. Wow. First time on the show, nobody's supporting Manchester United or Barcelona or Chelsea or Liverpool or whatever. Well, record breaker there. You have it, ladies and gentlemen. So um, on Twitter, at Turf Season, not Tough. But just let's guess you're having a tough time spelling Turf. It is T-U-R-F, not T-O-U-G-H. So it's T-U-R-F Season, S-E-A-S-O-N, not seasoning, not Indomie seasoning. It's Season, Turf Season, T-U-R-F. S-E-A-S-O-N. Sorry, I had to um, rehash the name again and again and again. Now, um, Pascal is a huge grassroots football um, fan. And um, for people like me or for listeners to this episode of the podcast, I'd like to start from where everybody actually has a little bit of knowledge about grassroots football. And then we'll take it down and then we'll narrow things down and then we'll um, help people learn or understand about grassroots football. When we talk about the Nigerian national team, there's always talk about integrating players from the, say, Nigerian Professional Football League and then trying to make sure that we integrate, that's the Super Eagles now, um, to integrate players and all of that. Now, for you, what do you think um, is the major factor that is hampering the growth of grassroots football in Nigeria? Because when we want to talk about football in Nigeria, everybody is quick to jump to the outside talent, mention names from the abroad, mention names for other countries except Nigeria. What is making grassroots football not so appealing 
to Nigerians um, um, as a whole? Well, um, thank you very much for that question. I think it's, it's very important that we, we talk about that. But you see, um, grassroots football is just a reflection of the uh, Nigerian economy as a whole. You know, we, mm. we tend to outwards for our entertainment, for, you know, food and all that. It's just largely mm-hmm. because our economy is still developing. Grassroots uh, football is largely underdeveloped in Nigeria. And that's what makes uh, it pretty difficult for local talents to actually get to play in the national team because truly most of these players that go outside they have better facilities better coaching and a better structure that supports their development in terms of uh, professional football so indeed yes they do have an edge over the, the local um, talents that we have here but uh, what my project is doing and what uh, i'm focused on is you know improving grass football in nigeria because the facilities that um, the Europeans have the, the technology that they have. We can easily do that here. It's just a matter of you know leadership for those who are willing to set the example. And so basically, that's what we're trying to do because um, we have the talent. I mean, we have the fans, we have the talent, we have everything. It's just leadership that is lacking. And then I think it's something that is not something that happened overnight. You know, the usual saying of mm-hmm. not being built in a day. So I think. It's 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 a it's a lot of work, but it's possible because uh, never a point there's never a point in in time that we have so much resources available to us. It's just left for you know to have some people who are selfless and committed to ensuring that uh, grassroots football is is is, uh, is in the highest is in top heights in, in in world football. And I say this because uh, if you look at we, we we have everything it takes and you know me supporting my own personal club because if you look at Manchester United and Barcelona they all started from um, a certain place and then they are where they are today with fans all over the world I think it's something that we Africans can actually do you know we, we too can build brands that you know that we, we, we that are we known worldwide and basically top season is, is, is doing that gradually we have recognition from around the world so it's, it's just about leadership for us to you know get the right way forward mm. it's all about leadership you mentioned talent i will touch on that later but i'd like to just dwell on this before we move on um is it the culture i mean you you mentioned a statement earlier i think it was one of the first grasp of football in nigeria is simply a reflection of the country's economy now is it also a reflection of our personality as nigerians in the sense that we're not exactly patient when it comes to giving little projects time to develop. We either want it um, readily done or we don't want it at all. I mean, we don't, I don't think as a people, we really give um, projects that time, time to um, evolve to a stage where we can say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That project took like 200 years or 150 years, but then again, we gave it time and it grew. Is it just a reflection of the country's economy or is it also a reflection of our culture as Nigerian people? Well, uh, I think you're right at that point. It's also a reflection of our, our culture, the culture being the way of living or the way of doing things. And uh, you, what you said is it struck me in a certain way because I do believe it's... it's it's leadership at the end of the day because at the end of the day, if we're the, the, the kind of problems that saying that goes that 
the kind of thinking that we probably need a different type of thinking to actually solve that problem. And yeah. you know, in other uh, societies today, too, had their own challenges. And, you know, um, developing that. If you go into their history, you find that they need to have challenges. But is leadership is is for people when leadership is uh, can be defined as the ability to influence. So it's about a group of people coming out to say, okay, let us influence this. And then in every society, you have that. But in our own society, I think it's a pretty much because of, uh, you know, the economy, you know, basically a kid that wants to tell his father that he wants to play football, they look at him like, say, why don't you go and be a lawyer or a doctor, something that's in demand, mm-hmm. you know, something that money is coming in, you know, so at that level, it's possible if a group of people can influence it. Yeah. Mm. It's very possible. And speaking of possibility, I think we're gradually entering into the era where um, mind, parent, uh, how do I put it? The generation, there's, there's going to be a generation, the generational switch because um, I have a whole lot of friends, especially female friends, who, well, their orientation might change in the next two decades, but um, I meet them a couple of um, days or met them a couple of days back, and everybody's talking about how. Most of them are talking about how when their sons grow up or even their daughters, they are going to try to give them the flexibility of choice and they will be so happy if they say they want to play football. I mean, it's like there's a new, there's a switch in the thinking, the generational thinking, like um, the millennials now are thinking, okay, I think I want my kid to play football and that might just um, help the um, growth of grassroots football. You spoke about talent earlier. And um, it brings me to my next question. Now you have um, you have a brand that, um, according to your website, keyword is transform. Turf season is transforming grassroots talent into superstars. But first, you have to get this grassroots talent. How do you identify grassroots talent? Well, um, we thank you for the question. Well, how we identify grassroots talent? We use uh, we use technology actually to okay. what I mean, tech, like digital technology to actually identify this talent. So, so basically, we go on Facebook and say, "Hey, we're looking for talents. Come around, they come around, and then we, we put them to test to analyze their abilities, and then we give them advice." You see, one of one also one important issue that is actually affecting our industry is education. The grassroots talents are not don't have the right education that is relevant for them in modern football basically yes mm-hmm. because the coaches are not you know very well uh, trained or equipped but most of them i see a lot of a lot of um, coaches now improving on how they can help develop players and also there's, there's the structures basically there's no structure uh for this for a, a talent that's a, that is promising for him to now move to professional football in Nigeria, there's no there's no structure. Most of them, they are able to kick a ball around. They go on the internet, start looking for agents, and then these agents are always happy to take money away from them. And that's a, that's another topic from another day because most of them they actually lack the right education. And even if you want to play in Europe or in other countries, they still ask you what 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 have you been doing in Nigeria? If you are not being able to play in your league in in Nigeria, how can you now come? And then you know, uh, come you to want Europe. To play football. They have this in Europe. They have these homegrown laws 
that kind of make it even difficult for for African talents to actually you know move. So it's and also there's a statistic that shows that less than one percent of, of of footballers can play professionally. So most of these talents they lack the education that are. It's just less than one percent that can make it. So they lack you know improving specializing their skills and all that. So most once once they can kick the ball around. They start getting money from uncles and aunties, you know, to try to to break it. But that's not the way it usually is. It's, it's, I think there's only about 300 uh, Nigerians uh, playing football as of uh, in Europe as of um, 2018, 2019. It's only about 300 Nigerians. So you can imagine how many how many uh, people are being turned down, losing money, and all that. So the solution is this: that we need to have. A structure, a good league that you know supports you know this talents development. Because when Barcelona comes, I say, okay, you're playing in a league week in week out. They can, can see your videos. They can see. Uh, they can come and watch you. They can come and scout you properly. You know this one day, two day scouting thing. It doesn't really doesn't really work well for mm-hmm. professionalism. So, uh, like I said, Ella, it's, it's about leadership, and that's what my my project is about. We have a league that uh, we started last year and then we wanted to start it this year but due to the uh, global crisis we had to you know but immediately after the restrictions we'll, we'll definitely kick it up because I think that's that's the true way to develop talent active development if, if, we, if you look at the, the, the football world you want to sign Ronaldo you sign Ronaldo because you've seen him playing week in week out for Real Madrid delivering results so we need that structure even with our own league it's not very well it's not very well packaged, but I know that uh, there are a lot of people working behind the scenes to make that happen. Mm. In case you're wondering, um, still the first X Minutes post- podcast I have um, Pascal with me, Pascal Agonsi. Um, he's um, one of the chief um, proponents, or should I say, one of the chief players um, in the Turf Season brand or for the Turf Season brand. You find Turf Season on Twitter at Turf Season. Turf is spe- spelled T U R F. S E A S O N. Um, he he touched on videos. You touched on videos um for profiling of players and prospecting of players. Um, takes me to the next question, which I have. Um, how do you profile a player? Because I visited your website, um, toughseason.com, and um, I saw um a few players and um, profile player profiles. I saw the way you rank them, the ages, the height, the um the the weight. Um, playing position, preferred food, um, some quotes from the players and also um, some player agents, I think. Now, a question is, how do you profile the players that you have? How did you come up, how did you come up with um, their profile? Did you have to give them some time before they made it into um, a select few who are profiled or um, do you just profile everybody that comes in? No, definitely we don't do that because we we, we only profile people that um, have what it takes to 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 get to the next level. So most of the talents that you see there have spent about six months, six to a minimum of six months of mm. uh, development, talent identification, development, training, uh, playing exhibition games, playing competitive games, and I'm pretty assured that they they can actually move to the next level. You know, I said it earlier that it's not everybody that, that can play professionally because 
it's because of what uh, it, it entails, the, 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 the attributes, the characteristics. It's not everybody that can actually, it's not everybody that has that discipline, that has that composure. So, I mean, so we, we, we put these talents into a program. And after that program, we, we select the very best of them and then we profile them. But it's not, the work is not yet over. The work is just getting started because I actually want these guys to dominate you know, the, the Nigerian space. And when they are fully developed, they can go all out to conquer it. Yeah. Mm. Dominating the Nigerian space will de- depend heavily on, well, Nigerian brands paying attention to the superstars, or should I say the stars trying to shine in yeah. the grassroots football level of Nigeria. But do these Nigerian brands pay attention to the stars from what you have seen so far? Well, I think we had Domino's Pizza coming in 2018 and they did a really great job helping us with some of our expenditure. But uh, beyond that, most of them don't understand. What Nigerian brands are doing instead is following the crowd. When I say following the crowd, uh, they notice that a lot of Nigerians are watching Premiership, La Liga. So basically, you see a lot of brands trying to leverage on these uh, European clubs to actually communicate to their their audience and their customers. But we we are really at a stage where we shouldn't be, just like we shouldn't be exporting crude oil and then importing uh, petroleum products. We, sh- we shouldn't be importing football. We should actually be exporting football content. Because if you look at how much we're actually spending to, to DSTV is spending to get the rights of the Premier League, it's in hundreds of, uh, uh, it's in hundreds of millions of dollars that they are actually spending to get this right, and then we are, we the consumers are actually pay for it. So from an economic point of view, it's we're actually losing more money uh, importing, we're actually losing more money importing football content. Why we actually have, we actually have what whatever it takes to to export this content. So like with our YouTube page, that uh, channel that was started, it's just one of the devices that we're going to use to actually start exporting football content. And we will we have you know, foreigners already appreciating it. And we have not done really a lot because we don't really have the resources to actually push out the brand. But I believe in in something that uh, that if you don't have what you need, what you have is a seed. So what we have is, is a seed and we're just investing it. Hopefully, and if we're hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to attract more brands. A lot of brands seem interested actually but they're actually following the crowd. So if we can actually use this football content to actually uh, attract our local audiences, which by, uh, by this year's uh, program, we'll see how far we're able to penetrate the local market. And definitely the brands can, can come through. But for the brands, it's always a business and economic decision for them. They actually want to follow what will actually give them the attention that they need to sell their products. So bottom line is that the industry, we need to come together and start exporting football content, not footballers. You know, instead of exporting footballers, they actually, when you export footballers to the European markets, they actually use them to make money, money for themselves. And uh, but we should be exporting football content just the same way we're actually importing the content, if not more. And then we should also look at balance of trade. Uh, you know, in essence, we should just, we should, nothing is really stopping us but the ambition. We have the players, we have uh, we have um, the crowds, we have the fans, 
we can improve on our stadium. We have the good media people that can actually tell our story better. It's just for us to have that right, the right ambition and, and good leadership that can actually take us there. It's, uh, mm. it's it can be done. It's not an overnight project. It's something that has to be done, uh, you know, with care, but with focus. Yeah. Mm. We care and focus. We switch our focus to eight scandal and. Um, Grassroots football definitely always comes to or into the spotlight when Nigeria goes for or some boys go to represent Nigeria in the um, FIFA FIFA eighth grade level yeah. tournament and um, everybody comes out to say, oh wait wait that guy that guy can't be nineteen or that guy can't be seventeen or that guy can't be whatever age he's claiming to be. He probably shaved off a few years or even just months from yes. the current age he's claiming. Now, you see these boys firsthand, you or girls, if there are any, because um, I only saw boys. So um, th- th- I just want to know, how do you ensure that your product or the products from your academy um, are verified ages that will not in the next decade be argued about whether they falsified it or not okay so what we do is that we have a strict admission process where we we actually um for players i want to register they have to bring their birth certificate they have to bring a letter from their parents acknowledging uh and verifying that they also have to bring their several documents we also look at um their school most of our players are in school. Most of them are, most of them are universities. Some are just, you know, taking jam and all that. So we actually have there's actually ways because we are Nigerians. We understand we really understand ourselves better. So we have actual ways that we ensure that these uh, talents they, they give us their right information. But we all know how the system is. You know, this anybody can get a a birth certificate from anywhere. You know. Mm. STEM isn't really that, you know, secure and strong and all that. But we, we of course, when we we are Nigerians, when we see a 17-year-old or 19-year-old, we actually know that that player mm-hmm. is 19. And there, there are many things that we can actually use to to uh, verify that. But most mm-hmm. of our players are, are within the, the, the right age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we'll take you for a word. Tough season at top T-U-R-F-S-E-A. SON on Twitter. You can engage them. Um, if you're a big fan of grassroots, grassroots football, which I think everybody should be. I mean, we're all about watching lush football on lush green pitches, watching players who already made it through the ranks. But when it comes to grade level football or when it comes to the not so um, um, bright football because of how rudimentary it is, everybody seems to look away and then we wait for the big ones to happen. I think we should be paying more attention to um, football that is happening at the grassroots level. I also, also uh, I need to touch on something as regards grassroots um, that is important to grassroots football, and that has to be player agents. Um, a few weeks ago, I think it was August 2019, an article by my friend Tolu um, appeared on um, Al Jazeera website and then um, it was titled African Players Stranded Around the World. And it went on and on about um, a certain player, a specific player who was stranded in some part of Asia 
and then um, how they had to even bring money and all of that the story was really really horrible to read it was challenging and um uh, while i was preparing for this podcast i thought to myself to ask um when it comes to choice of agents does the player have a say is it that they you you impose agents on them or they get to say oh i want my mother to be my agent or how exactly does a player who just wants to play football decide or come up with an agent of his own? Well, there's there's a really it's really sad what is actually happening with players and agents, but I, I blame that largely to a lack of structure in our own uh, football. I also blame that to lack of um, education on the part of of the of the talent. Um, but we understand that you there's a lot of forces economic uh, uh, issues and probably desperation and all that in order to achieve their goals. So uh, these type of things do happen and I don't think it will, it will stop anytime soon because most players, their, their primary goal is to actually leave the shores of the country. So anything that looks like gold for them, they are going to grab it. But we do know that. But this type of stories that uh, Tolu Olasoji share shows that all that glitters is not actually go for this talent so but what we do at top season is to give them the right education we tell them look you're going to have an agent this is this is this this is that this is this is that if you have an agent and there's any offer please bring them to us first let us verify because i always say that and we also have an uh, an agent in-house that we we operate with we have mm-hmm. a network of agents that we actually work with so basically what we do basically is advise the players, but the final decision on which agent represented uh, them it lies with them. But we, we tell them the right things to do. And if we always tell them, if you have any offers, bring it to us, let us analyze it first so that we, you won't fall into the type of situation that uh, Tolu was writing about. So mm. we, kind of, we kind of give them good advice, give them good education, give them good orientation. And then top season is actually a great place to be if you're a grassy talent. Advice, education, and orientation. I think that's what tough season is selling. Um, not just because um, um, they want to help um, um, the country grow grassroots football, but because they're passionate about giving talents. Um, the opportunity, the platform to shine just like their favorite superstars are doing. Um, another line I found from the website was improving the lives of African grassroots football talent by giving them a platform. And then um, in my script, uh, which people could see it, I then drew a narrow from improve. And then I saw keywords, education and career opportunities. Well, we've spoken about the education part. You know, you need to educate them, let them know that this is it is what it is. Um, you need to know how to go through a contract, not just put pen to anything that is called paper and has a few words script, scribbled on it without you even understanding what those words mean. Career opportunities now. Do you have affiliations or partnerships with... Um, specific football brands maybe across the country maybe across the continent or maybe across the world where you can um, push these superstars to or how do I put the English now transfer them to when you're done grooming them and um, transforming them from grassroots talent into superstars 
Absolutely, we have we have that arrangement in place. But it's for the, actually the, the right talent. We're not looking to we're not looking to rush. We're looking at um, having a great success ratio because most of these talents cannot actually afford um, travel expenses and other things that it actually takes for them to mm. you know fund and get this deal. So we're actually you know bringing out uh, the money. We have um, sponsors uh, uh, that are looking to you know facilitate that we also have relationship with clubs and agents and all that so but the, the consensus is for us to have uh, talents that once we, we put the money on them they can actually you know uh, return that value you know so but we, we have a lot of prospects we're looking at but we're going to we're, the league platform that we're launching right after the, 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 the crisis is going to give them the opportunity to play about 14 games straight and they were looking at their performances and it's just like the best players out of that league competition will be actually you know traveling uh for for trials there are a lot of agents a lot of scouts are already looking out it's just a matter of time for for these guys to actually shine and then yeah. it's basically going to be on merit basis you know because we understand you know, and then i about the career opportunities to talk about we know that not everybody that that plays that, that wants to be a football player can actually play professional. We know that for sure. So instead of them focusing their youthful years playing football, we also tell them, hey, this is a, a this is a skill that you can learn. This is something you can do. And recently, we are discussing with a, a tech company, uh, IBM, they to to educate our talents on digital skills. Although they already have the platform, so it's just about. Uh, uh, we're still working on how to integrate it and all that so that our parents can actually learn things like coding, uh, web development, uh, you know, machine learning and all that, because this is where the world is actually turning to. So sure. in case make it in football, because it's a, football is a very close, uh, it's a very close industry. Not, there's a limit to the amount of players that a professional club can actually, you know, uh, have on their, on their, on their, on their school or rooster. So there's, there's also, yeah, so it's not, if there are about 1,000 footballers or 10,000 or 100,000 footballers in Nigeria, I think we have millions of footballers everywhere. It's not possible for, for them to, to actually, you know, any career professionally, except they have exceptional talent. And, and, and so this, behind this reality, we have to let them know from the onset because there are many stories of, of young men who are spending their youthful age trying to play football and when they are over 30, 40, they are always bringing their age that at the end of the day, they cannot support themselves. They don't know how to, to, to um, you know, take care of themselves and they live in outside football. Even for those that were actually going to make it to the, to the professional state, they also need to learn um, how to, other life skills, other skills that can help enable them while they are playing football, they can be better informed to invest. And even after football, they can they have something else that they can rely on, not just because you see a lot of footballers after their playing career, they, they, they go back to where they started. You know, mm-hmm. it's lots of stories like that. So it's 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 also about education and, and career opportunities, not just focus on football, but also outside football. You know, you can see some footballers that have other investments aside in even while playing and even after football. So this is type of orientation. That we're actually giving to them. This is kind of thing that is actually missing in, in, in our grassroots football, uh, but it's available. The, the knowledge is very much available, but 
a lot of people don't pay uh, attention to it. But I think with, with us trying to do something differently, I feel uh, we can make a difference. We need to be reminded that for all the luxury that football portrays, it's a very, very saturated market to only the best of the very best eventually make it to the top where there is enough space to shine. I'm still the first X Minutes podcast. I'm your host, Ritimi Darmala. I have with me Pascal. Um, he, um, he's one of the chief proponents of the brand Turf Season. You'll find him on Twitter at T-U-R-F-S-E-A-S-O-N. Um, and they are basically um, into transforming grassroots talents um, into superstars, improving lives of African grassroots football talents. Um, I'd like to leave all of the football now and we'll talk about human resources. That's humanity because definitely... What you're doing is while you're developing talent, you're also trying to educate them. You're also trying to train them into becoming men who can take care of themselves, who can fend for themselves, who can do things without have to um, have, um, without have to be heavily reliant on other people. And it brings me to the management of these resources, which are human beings. What are the top three skills you think anyone will need? If you're going to need to, maybe in the nearest future, you need to be like turf season and then you want to open an academy or a brand that is focused on building superstars or grassroots talent to superstars, what are the top three um, um, skills that you need to be able to manage um, these young stars? Because I can imagine you managing 17, 19-year-olds. They can be very, very erratic. They can be um, up, uh, obstinate sometimes, yeah, you know. It's just some things with the, the youthful um, exuberance and everything. So how exactly, what are the top three skills that you think that you have used and somebody who is listening and might want to develop a grassroots football might need in the nearest future? Well, there's the first most important skill that you need to have is people skills. People skills, because you need to understand that people are different. And you need to understand that Nigerians are more different than every other type of people. We're a unique set of people, if I should put it that way. So people skills, how you, how to understand people, how to interact with people. Because uh, trust me, it's without people skills, you can barely survive in, 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 in any profession in the world, not to talk less of uh, something more um, challenging as grassroots football. So people skills is one. Then you need to have you need to have focus because trust me when you are doing this there's a lot of you hear a lot of things you see a lot of things you experience a lot of things but having that focus on hey this is what I actually want to achieve is 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 so 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 important for you to achieve your goal because there there will be a lot of distractions there will be a lot of there'll be I mean there's going to be a lot of challenges trust me but if you are focused on the goal. Um, you definitely achieve. And the last one I would say is you need to have resources. If you don't have, um, if you don't have funding, you need to have people that, or, or you need to be able to have people that you can leverage on to, to actually support that. Because, I mean, part of the work we do, it wouldn't have gone halfway if we didn't have people to support us. I remember the first time, uh, while I, was, I think it was 2015. I, I had to I tweeted go.com and that, that, I think Lola did uh, they, he was the uh, 
he was the editor then and then uh, you know talking to him was like encouraging me and then uh, even actually did a blog post uh, uh, sponsoring um, job season and all that so you need to have resources because it's not it's not something that you can do alone you know like I always tell uh, my players football is a game of you don't play football with two legs you play football with 22 legs you know so if you have that understanding that's 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 key so um you you can't run you can't run football with, with two legs you need a lot of legs that can actually help you and support you and uh, yeah so those are the three major things i, I would say you need to have people skills you need to have focus and you need to have resources people that can actually help you partners sponsors and because it's, it's actually a very it's a very large industry yeah you need to have excellent people skills you need to have laser sharp focus and then yeah. you need to have access to resources or people who have access to resources or people who have access to people who have access to resources you get the you get the idea already thank you so like- much for your t- <laughs> because at the end of the day um you have to leverage on your network um yeah. I, I think i'll just i'll i i i want to summarize that number three and say um there's something called rolodex i read in one book and then it's like you are as powerful as your network to an extent yeah. and um in the world of internet um the internet is a great leveler and yeah. to an extent you can i think we are six people away there's this six degrees of something i think it has even reduced that like anybody you want to get to right now in this world you can get to them through six people say for instance um i want to get to um let me see maybe the president of the federal republic of nigeria okay mm-hmm. i think i'm friends with somebody who knows the commissioner of sports in your state now I can get to the commissioner of sports in your state, who can get to the governor of your state, who can get to the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. So I think you get the message now that you don't necessarily have to have direct access to somebody, but another person, a middleman or two middlemen, can put in good word for you, and then before you know it, you have direct access to people who are asking you questions about what you want to do with their resources and they can give you first-hand access to these resources just to make those dreams come true that's if you are thinking of starting a grassroots football development program or any other thing that you are thinking of developing i just switched into motivational speech for the last 30 seconds don't mind me thank you so much for your time pascal i really 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 do appreciate you coming on board to um enlighten this was enlightening um talking to us because a lot of people if you ask them it's majorly about Chelsea and even when you say Chelsea they do it's only the first team they don't know the backup team they don't know the women's team they don't know the team representing the squad um for the UEFA youth nobody you know there are some people that don't even know that there's youth UEFA youth league that is going on one so I think a whole lot of people need we need that um orientation a reorientation about grassroots football and I'm delighted that you are taking your time to actually um take us through the process of what grassroots football really, really is. If you want to find Pascal, the fastest way to find him, well, one of the fastest is on Twitter um, at Turf Season, T-U-R-F-S-E-A-S-O-N. Their website, turfseason.com, www.turfseason.com. They also have a YouTube page. Um, how can I find it? Is it, you, is it Turf Season? Just go to yeah. YouTube, search for... forward slash Turf Season. 
Oh, Tough Season. What an amazing brand. Thank you so much for your time. I really wish you all the best um, in the days to come. Of course, I'll be keeping an eye out for that tournament. Hopefully, Corona goes back to where it came from as quickly as possible. And then we can have football, not just on the big screens, but also in those small pitches where um, grassroots talents are hoping to become superstars someday. Thank you so much, Pascal, for your time. I wish you all the best in the future. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please leave a re- rating on iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, Teachers, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Until we come your way on the next episode of the podcast with something more awesome than what you just heard, stay safe, wash your hands, try as much as possible not to touch your face, mind your business, drink a whole of water and stay safe yeah i said that twice it's really really important i'll catch you in the next episode of podcast bye for now